Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sponsoring drinks are dandy. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sturdad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia murder. I'm Gabriel Boyer. Eric Green from Simple Tour. Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Anthony Michael. We are Gorgasm. This is the Funk Creator. This is Ernie C. I'm Todd Cowboy. Terrence from Suffocation. Phantasm Podcast. Join your host, Corey Gorkrest and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofantasm.com. The only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. Now, please welcome our guest of honor. This is Steven, the Tour of Stab Wounds. You listen to Phantasm Podcast. Fucking check it out, dude. Stay. Gorkrest Phantasm Podcast. I am here today with Steven of 200 Stab Wounds. We're here to talk about Piles of Festering Decomposition. It's out now on Maggot Stop. Dude, how you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? Awesome. Uh, how you holding up in this all this bullshit going on? Uh, you know, just kind of trying to get through it the best way we can, you know. I'm playing a lot of guitar, writing music, you know, just trying to take advantage of the time off, I guess. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, before we get into the the actual EP, we talk a little bit about uh, some horror. You're, you're said you're an old school horror guy. Yeah, um, shit, dude. It's I was into that stuff like really, really heavily when I was like shit, like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. So it's been a while, but I I know a couple I really liked. Uh, you know, when I was like collecting VHS and stuff, I like Chopping Mall. I liked oh, yeah. uh, Evil Dead 1, 2. I liked, um... Shit, hold on. I, I actually have a collection I'm about to go look at right now. I can name off fucking a fuck ton. <laughs> nice. Chopping Mall is like, a great uh, one. <laughs> I like all... I know, I know it sounds cliche, too, but I really like all the, uh... The Halloweens. Oh, they're great. Though, you know? They're great. Everyone, everyone likes that stuff, but, you know, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. I like the, the... All the screams. Yeah. Uh, you ever, you ever heard of the movie, uh... Scared Stiff? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'd fuck with that. I don't know, man, there's a lot. I could go on and on all day about it, but... <laughs> now, uh, if you could go back to any of those, have you watched any uh, any recently in quarantine, or what, what What are some of you suggest? Um, I honestly haven't watched any of the old school shit really in a while. That's why I'm kind of like... I'm kind of <laughs> wishing I like, revisited it before this interview or whatever, but... Uh, oh, that's fine. I don't know, man. I, there's a, another one that I really liked that I only really watched one time because I found it at this flea market on uh, tape or whatever, but I really liked Prince of Darkness. Oh, it's so good. Very underrated. Dude, Carpenter, so good. And, and the cover, I thought, like, I never even heard of it when I saw it. Yeah. But I saw the cover and I was like, fuck it, dude, I have to get this. It looks yeah. fucking sick. <laughs> 
It's one of the best Carpenter movies. Donald Pleasance is awesome in it. Alice Cooper's in it. It's badass. It's it's, oh, yeah. it's an amazing movie and very underrated Carpenter film. That's honestly one of his best uh, visually and just overall horror. It's great. So yeah, dude. that's a total classic. Yeah, dude, a lot of my uh, a lot of my friends they think it's kind of weird that I'm into like the old school like cheesy horror shit, but. Honestly, I think that's that's in my opinion that's the best kind of horror. It's just like the old like that's yeah, the know. best. You know, we do on here usually we, we've done a couple from like two thousand just to like fuck around, but mostly we do nineties and back. So there's some really good like mid nineties horror that's still in that like eighties style cheese of it. So right, um, right. you know, like Evil Ed stuff like that, but and, and like the prophecy movies. But uh, you know, going back like the eighties was the era, man. Like you know that was. The campiness is so good because they just don't make movies like that anymore, you know. Yeah, I feel I feel like kind of I don't know. It sounds kind of weird, but I feel like the harder people try to make it, almost like I don't know. I just I just don't like uh, CGI too much. I don't like yeah. I don't, like kind of the way they did it, like back in the day, it, it seemed like because I don't really know, so I'm not gonna act like I know. But right. it kind of seemed like they they did more like actual like makeup work or like had, had like yeah. a makeup artist in there to actually make that shit look like realistic and yeah. you know the CGI shit's cool but I don't know that's kind of why I like the old school like like cheesy horror shit because it, it just looks like crappy you know well it seems I mean? like they worked harder on it but in reality you know it's cheaper now to do the CGI thing than hire like a whole crew of people to do the makeup stuff and uh, special right. effects but also back then you were dealing with people that were trying to be innovative they were trying to find new ways to make the practical effects effective to where they looked real and looked like you know like a uh, screwdriver's coming out of someone's chest or you know whatever like they, they made it look as real as possible and they were kind of all branching out at the time try to make it like hey you know we're gonna make it look really badass because at the time everybody was trying to one-up each other I guess is like you had like the 70s stuff where it was getting gorier and gorier as it went on like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of changed that and um, yeah, dude, I, I hated that movie for a long, long time. Just because, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I, I, I never really like gave it a chance. Like, yeah. I'm the type of person, and it sounds kind of stupid, but and it even goes with music, I guess, too. Yeah. But if someone talks about something for like a long time, or always tells me to check something out, or you know, whatever, I usually automatically hate it right off the bat. I don't know yeah. if that's just how my mind <laughs> kind of works. No, I get I that. Actually, like, got into all the text chains on masters, like, yeah. I've obviously, obviously heard about it, seen them, whatever, but I never really gave it a real chance. But dude, I love those movies. Yeah, they're sick, and the first one especially it was so grueling to make, and like the Texas Heat, everyone hated making that movie, and you could tell like that the people were like the mood of the movie is really grungy because it was actually made that way, and it's kind of uh, like right. a big old. It's like a struggle like that they had to go through to make it, and you can tell it's just very horrific in that sense. And then Leatherface is just ridiculous, but um. You know, you had that, and you had the Italian horror guys that were making crazy-ass movies and gory movies and, you know, like, that Cannibal Holocaust, too, and stuff like that that were, yeah, yeah. people thought was real. Like, even when I saw it when I was younger, I thought it was a real movie because you, when I saw it, you still didn't really have the internet to where it is now to where you can just look up whatever you want. Like, there was still that mystique to it that was like, I mean, was this, like, really a thing or, you know, what was the deal? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh... <clears throat> my fucking uh my roommate actually has um this like really really big horror collection i mean he collects everything he he does like old school vhs tapes and like laser discs and shit like that but dude he has his room full and i'm talking like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of 
old school horror tapes and nice. he has like this giant fucking Michael Myers like statue in here hell yeah it's, it's fucking sick dude he has like <laughs> every movie you can think of that's, that's like old school horror he has yeah. like a big ass Dragon Ball Z collection he, he does everything <laughs> nice. horror yeah it's pretty sick you got the, I got the and I got some I most of the new shit that I you know that I try to get into that I really haven't seen before cause yeah. you know it's, it's hard to like really like know about everything or or find everything but right. you know, he, has, he has everything he goes on like tape hunts and shit and he'll like go throughout the country and just hit flea markets and whatever you can find and just pick up whatever that looks cool you know yeah that's awesome I try to do the same thing cause I got I, I got a pretty good amount of tapes um not a whole lot but I've gotten some of the ones I really want and I go to like horror conventions a lot too doing this stuff so I uh try to pick up some and flea markets and like uh thrift stores you know I find them a lot too and you know, they're not just horror. If I can find, you know, I found like a uh, Road Warrior or like a uh, Smokey and the Bandit and shit like that. I'll still get some like classic like eighty shit, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, I think now a lot of horror is more caught up in the jump scare thing versus actually just being good. You know. Yeah, I fucking hate jump scares. Yeah, I, mean, I don't hate them all the time, but I just think it's like like a lot of movies that use that shit. They either do it way too early in a movie. Or they just kind of overdo it, or that's almost like the only, like, uh, it's almost like it's the only thing that happens throughout the whole movie. Nothing really scary or, right. or you know, really horror. It's just, you know, <clears throat> jump scares. I think that shit's stupid. I think in the 80s, you know, at least for my taste, you know, the scares came from the, the special effects and the visuals and what they right. looked like. And, you know, just putting you in a, a position where you know you feel claustrophobic or trapped somewhere like with the person you know whether it's a slasher or whatever you know even like ghost stories then it was more horrific based on the effects versus just like ah oh there there's somebody walking past the room or you know whatever it's that's never been a thing that's like freaked me out but it freaks out it's more for like it's more like a tween thing i guess it freaks out younger people and i was watching the exorcist when i was like five so i mean i kind of got a good taste just being home all the time and and uh, watching movies really late when I wasn't supposed to be, so you know <laughs> those movies never really did I, much. I think that's just cool when it's just like you know once or twice, whatever, and it, if it's like perfectly timed. Yeah, but that's why I'm not really into like current horror. Or anything. I'm sure there's like you know good stuff if I really like dug deep and, and actually watched it. But in in my opinion, just because like the first type of horror I got into was like that real old school shit, yeah, like slasher movies and all that. I feel like it just kind of ruined the current stuff for me because it's just not... It, it just doesn't live up to that, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, this stuff holds up, and I think the resurgence of it, because now all that stuff from, like, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, they're re-releasing it on Blu-ray and shit like that, so all this is coming back so the newer generations can watch the old shit and not feel like, oh, man, this is old, i got to watch it on VHS. It's like, now they have pretty much everything re-released in a better restoration so it's like you can actually watch them like it is current and some of them look like they were just shot last year you know so um it's pretty it's pretty cool and and you know another thing about that too is that it's just fun to collect and it's forms another hobby too like to revisit and collect this kind of stuff and you ever seen the oh, I'm taking it you are a fan because of the name of your podcast but you ever seen the Phantasm movie that's what it's named after yeah <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I assume so yeah but, uh, I've, it's I've my favorite seen, movie I watched I used to watch the first one like all the time so good and then I saw the second one but mm-hmm. I didn't really get too deep into it and then I, I think they made a third one too but I, I don't know for sure they have five total uh, the fifth one's like the newer one and uh, right. you know 
it's it's worth watching at least once just to say you've seen it. But I mean, it's not. I wouldn't recommend it as a movie by itself. Um, right. Two is honestly, even though they had the you know the Michael was a different character. You know, he, he was right. played by a different actor at the time, so people kind of hated that. But it was some I forget what the thing was with that as a contract thing. But that movie is awesome. That's honestly my favorite one, and that's like a lot of people skip over because of the you know the the actor was different and he came right. back in the rest of the films. But like it's still great. It's a fantastic movie, and I don't even I look past that completely, and it's great. Right. And then the first movie they actually remastered that. Uh, J.J. Abrams is like the only thing I like that he did was remaster that movie, and uh, right. it looks incredible. And they have like the it's called Phantasm Remastered, and you can find that. Um, yeah, pretty much anywhere. Seen, yeah, I'll probably check it out. It's it's sick. It's like a 4K restoration. It's not a 4K Blu-ray, but it's a 4K restoration of it. It looks incredible. So that I'd highly right. recommend that. But yeah, that's my favorite horror movie of all time for sure. And, oh yeah, uh, dude, it's good shit. And I, I have to show a lot of people that movie because a lot of people have heard of it but never seen it. I'm like, oh, dude, I mean, if I'm going to recommend you any horror movie on this planet, like, not the obvious ones, of course, but Phantasm is like, I mean, that's just, it's just good shit. Yeah. And it's scary. Uh, it is scary. Yeah, dude, for sure. I, you ever, I'm sure you've heard of Homewrecker, right? Yeah. The reason why I ever really, like, even knew about Phantasm, and I'm not sure if I'm wrong, I might be wrong, but I'm like, 99% sure that uh, they used a sample uh-huh. in one of their early, early songs yeah. from Phantasm. Hell yeah. And I asked, because uh, like, they're from the same city as we are, so yeah. I used to like, be hanging out with them all the time and stuff. Hell yeah. And I asked Barnum one day, I'm like, yo, what's this sample? He's like, oh, it's from Phantasm. And then that's how I pretty much got into that. <laughs> and then honestly from there, because I already seen Evil Dead, like the original Evil Dead. Oh yeah. So I was already kind of like in that world, like had an idea. But, you know, once I got Phantasm, I just started going crazy from that. I just getting tapes and stuff. I still have tapes I've never even seen. Do you, uh... saw them and got them. Do you remember what the sample was? Um, I can't remember. If you... I, like I said, I could be wrong, but the sample I'm thinking of, it's, uh, you know the album Worms and Dirt? Uh... Like early, early records. I don't think so. Um, the very first song off that, uh... Uh-huh. Off that record, I think has a sample from Phantasm in it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to check it out. It's, uh, it's the one uh, where the lady's talking and she's like, uh, the police don't have to carry guns like they do in the big city, and it's just like a speech. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the whole thing, but I'm pretty sure it's from Phantasm. Oh, yeah. It's pretty I'm sick. Not, I'm have to check it out. I know Municipal Waste actually has a song where they do a Phantasm quote in it. Oh, really? Yeah. You know the song off the top of your head? It's uh, Guilty of Being Tight. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's probably my favorite line in Phantasm, too, where... You know they're they're sitting down and he's like you know Reggie's like I see it I see it all now he's like what we got to do is snag that tall dude you know and we'll find out what's really going on and he's like he's like yeah we're gonna drive a stake right through his goddamn heart and he's like man you gotta be shitting me that mother's strong and it's like dun 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 I was like hell yeah it's fucking awesome give the fan give the phantasm some love so I love that um, if I can recommend you anything that you might have on tape. Uh, Hell Knight's a really good one. It's a classic. You said Hell Knight? Hell Knight, oh yeah. And I have that on Pretty sure I, I might have that, but yeah. most of my, because I just moved out uh, into my into this new house I live in right now, Yeah. most of my tapes are still in my mom's house, so I still have nice. to go get those, but I only have like, because I have so many vinyls and CDs and stuff, Yeah. that I kind of just left most of my VHS collection behind. Yeah. Because 
you know, I'm not going to watch all that shit, honestly. Like, right. I, I can bring it, but, dude, there's just so much. I just, you know, but I'm pretty sure I have that, though. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I should probably watch it. It's a good one. It's on Blu-ray. I have a VHS player that I got. It's actually one of those combos that has a DVD recorder on right. it, so I can actually burn discs if I wanted to, but, I mean, I wouldn't. But um, most of them nowadays, they have a Blu-ray or DVD of them. You know, I'd recommend Blu-ray, but, uh, you know, they have all that all that shit now that's why it's cool to you know have it you know so they got a better way to watch them now than just like i guess i gotta put this vhs on but you know it's kind of cool too you know to see what the vhs was like (laughs) yeah because it's been so long since i've fucking used a vhs player but dude i kind of stopped using that shit though because i bought this uh can't remember who i got it off of but i have this uh slayer vhs tape it's from like the divine intervention era or whatever was it live intrusion yeah live intrusion Yeah. yeah It's good. Dude, I put that in my VHS player, and the fucking thing ripped the tape apart. Ah, uh, that's the only so thing I'm worried about. That, luckily, yeah. luckily, I saved it, and I could like I like wound it back together or whatever. Yeah. But after that, dude, I, I stopped putting any of my tapes in anything, because it's just so fucking risky. Yeah. No, I def- yeah, that's that's the only reason I've never tried to put any of these in there. If it was something I know I could find easily, you know, but some of these, I was like, I'm lucky to have found some of this shit I got in a, like a, you know, a thrift store, if that, like... You come across something like Christine or Army of Darkness at a, you know, like a car, like a car, and you're like, okay, I'm probably gonna hang on to that. I'm not gonna try to watch it. This, <laughs> I have them on Blu-ray. Why would I watch the VHS of it? You know, uh, right? Yeah, it's kind of like you said. If you know, if you can find it easily, because there's some tapes I go, you know, I'll go like multiple places, like you know, thrift stores or flea markets or whatever, maybe. Yeah. You know how you see the same tapes that. Oh, every yeah. fucking yep. So it was like one of those tapes, you know, I was like, fuck it, dude. I'll just pop it and see it works. If <laughs> yeah. it gets fucked up, I'll get another one. But for the most part, if it's something like that you can't really find that easily, I'm not, I'm not even going to touch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just going to have it. Yeah, let's just go ahead and get it uh, another format and then you can just watch it there or rip it off the internet. Right. You know, some people do that. Right. Uh, there is a cool app if you have any streaming. Uh, you know, like I don't know if you have what what if you have like game system, what you got or what you use. Um, PS4. PS4. Or well, there should be yeah. that and Roku and even cable. They have the app called Tubi. It's T U B I. They got yeah. all that shit on there because like all the old school horror shit. Because and it has Chopping Mall and all that stuff on there. So if you ever want to revisit it, that's what me and the doctor have been doing to do uh, our full episodes with the reviews and stuff. So we've been right. using Tubi in quarantine because we both have it and we can still over the phone like watch the same movie and do an episode uh so we've been using that and they have so much good shit on there so i'd highly recommend downloading it it's free you don't have to do anything you just download it and you start watching stuff and it's awesome the kind of shit they got on there like uh like i said chopping malls on there they got i think return of the living dead and like some of those and um yeah, I'm pretty sure, because uh, we have one of these Roku TVs in our living room, I'm pretty sure that my roommate has one of those, uh, It's not, he has Tubi, but yeah. I think he also has this app that he downloaded, I don't know what it's called, but it just basically like has all the old school like slasher horror films on it. Yeah, there's Shudder too. Yet, but he, he showed me something about it one night, and I can't remember what movie we were watching. And yeah, no, but it has a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, uh, Shudder's good, that's like all horror. Uh, but Tubi has a lot of it, so it's good. That's a good. That's a good app to use if you want to just have an old school horror night or you know whatever. But <clears throat> right. dude, it sucks too because most of my friends they think that all that old school horror shit is like 
don't know. And that, I don't know what they think, but that, they, I think they think it's like weird or something, just because it's like it, it, it's so old school and like yeah. To them, I feel like the, like the way they did the effects back then, and just like the way they did all the makeup and you know all that stuff, I feel like they just think it looks fake in their eyes. But in my mind, that shit's way better to me. So I, every time I watch a horror movie. Dude, I just watch that shit by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I do too, usually. You know, and if I try to get people to watch it, especially that aren't big into horror, they don't get it. Right. So they're like, kind of like, eh, you know. Especially the Italian stuff. Some of that stuff's even just kind of weird anyway, because the story's right. weird. They take a lot more time showing the effects, because it's like super gory and stuff. You know, usually a lot of the American stuff, they're not going to sit there and show you this knife piercing through someone's chest for like <laughs> 10 minutes. They're going to like cut in and out of it and. You know, right. but you know the a lot of the Italian stuff they focus on it like for a long time and it makes people uncomfortable. It's like that's the real horror right there is making people feel like they're watching something. It makes them uncomfortable. It's not so much you're gonna just be like ah, you know. It's it's like I'm watching something that feels so real. It's like making me almost sick. You know, like right, right, yeah. <laughs> and they, they did a good job of it back then. And even something like Jaws, like I like movies like that where it makes you not want to do something because you watched a movie like it makes you not want to go to, into the water because there's like you, just, you know fear of sharks now or you know shit like dude, that I'm telling you that's why I don't go in the ocean <laughs> or go to summer camp dude, you know last there. time because I played in this other band when we were on tour we I think we were in like North Carolina or something I had yeah. to be I don't know one of those states like near the ocean or whatever and dude I went in the ocean and there was a fucking big ass jellyfish it was, yeah. I didn't even know it was a jellyfish because <laughs> you know how like some of them are like clear like most of them are just clear and they look like yeah. fucking blobs yeah dude I fucking like was sitting right next to it mm -hmm. and someone was like hey get out of the water there's a jellyfish blah 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 whatever and dude ever since then I just don't go in the ocean I'll like dip my feet in there and shit but yeah I, yeah. I got stung oh, by one it made my <laughs> leg bleed and that was it wasn't that bad but I was like damn that fucking sucks now I gotta walk around with this fucking bloody like wet leg until I can get <laughs> something to wrap around it Exactly. Luckily, I didn't get stung. So yeah, it wasn't fun. It was a little jellyfish that stung me, but it it made me draw blood. It was crazy. I was like, God damn! But uh, yeah, the, I love the old school effects shit. I think it's so much cooler because it's um, I know the work that goes into it, but also some of like the greatest people in the business were really rolling in the eighties. Like even you know like Rick Baker and Rob Boutin, people that were doing you know. Um, and Stan Winston, you know, all those all those three guys. And Tom Savini, who's like, you know, they still do stuff to this day, which is insane, you know. Um, right. They were the innovators. They were the ones doing all the crazy gore and trying to come up with new ways to, you know, make like a, a headshot kill look the most realistic it could possibly be and like have all these like dummies they can just blow to bits. And I mean, it was cool, you know. I, I appreciate the art of it more than just... Seeing like a CGI dude being cut in half, you know, it's not as fun. Right, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, yeah. That's kind of the way I try to explain it to like some of the people that I've tried to show horror movies or even like girlfriends I've had, you know, I'll, I'll try and watch, you know, old school like horror slasher film with them and they're just like, oh, this is fucking stupid. I'm like, dude, <laughs> won't you just appreciate the fucking art? Like, especially like you, you take a perfect example, they made like a newer version of Nightmare on Elm Street like some years ago. It's unwatchable, it's a terrible movie. Because they, it's so bad that they CGI'd his face. Because they didn't even put, like you know, like latex special effects shit for like a mask or like a overhead thing. They just CGI'd his face, and it's like they have so much more money now than they did to make these things. 
Like, you know, back in the 80s, they didn't have the budgets they do now, but they were making the money back then. You know, but, you know, but nowadays they can just lazily do it and, and still make some money, but they're not as big as they used to be. You know? Right. But, again... I feel, like, you know, I feel like it just kind of... I don't know. I feel like the stuff they make now kind of applies to, you know, just the way people's minds work now. I, yeah, I don't know, I I don't know what that. you feel saying, but I feel like not even just horror, but really everything mm-hmm. back like the 90s, 80s. Yeah. I feel like everything was way better back then. Like, yeah. even when it comes down to, like, shirts they had in Walmart or, like, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. do everything. And, and now I, I look at shit nowadays, like, horror films and just clothing and just yeah. fucking commercials, and I'm like, dude, this is fucking stupid. And then, like, <laughs> I see, like, an old, like, commercial from, like, the 80s on, like, YouTube or something, and I'll, I'll yeah. be watching some stupid shit on YouTube. And I'm like, dude, even the fucking commercials were tight back then. Yeah. Like, what the hell happened? Well, you know, times change, things get, you know, influences change, people become different and I think in the 80s and 90s they were, you know, the times were changed at a perfect time to where everything was very innovative and everything was very just, you know, new and fresh and and now that people are kind of in nostalgia mode now, like younger people getting older in this generation than before you know, they're kind of trying to go back to that and it's slowly maybe getting there, like more movies are now going back to practical effects and more people are really trying to like emulate things that they saw from the 80s and 90s and they're bringing it to the forefront now you know which i think a lot of things are doing that but as far as horror you know there's just it's so hard now to make a horror movie because everything's been done but you know to to have a new idea and make it practical and uh to have like an effective new horror movie in vain of something that was old because then you know nobody in the 80s or 90s were trying to do anything they were just making movies now people are trying to do that because you know they want to do that you know the, the, the you know people in the 80s were doing stuff that had never been done before they were getting away with making these x-rated movies dumbing them down to r-rated to pass them into theaters and they were gory as fuck movies you know they can't really do that now as much but now with all the streaming apps and stuff like that more people are making movies that were practical effects they're making more movies that are like pretty much unrated and you can throw them up on netflix or wherever um but the streaming apps are so congested with so much shit that it's hard to like pick out something new on there and just be like oh i've heard about this you know and um but there there's good stuff out there as far as movies and theaters it's usually not that great um like the conjuring movies those movies are awesome it's probably the best movies they've put out in a long time like horror related and again they're ghost movies but they're they're really good you know they're good stories to them and uh they are kind of scary and you know they use practical effects and some of the stuff so yeah i'm not i'm not really too picky when it comes to like you know because if you watch a movie and, it, and like one's like super fucking gory and yeah and you know all the slasher or whatever and right. has all the crazy effects and shit and then you watch another movie and it's not really as gory but it's just like a good storyline or yeah you know just a good story in general yeah, I'm not really too picky when it comes to that shit. As long as it's a good movie, I'm cool with it. As long as it is like it's not corny or like yeah. I don't feel like it was overdid. Or if I if I feel like like the people who made it, and this even goes with music too and music videos. You know, if you could tell the people were being original and like you know, I feel like you can kind of just feel it. You know, yeah. like when I'm watching like a music video, like now, I kind of compare it because, like I said, I'm, I'm a fucking I, I, I judge everything. You know, what I mean? yeah. So if I like watch a music video now, I'll always compare it to like 
a morbid angel video from the fucking 90s or something yeah. i mean i'm like this, this isn't the same but you know there's some videos and some movies i see where it's like you know i kind of see where they're coming from and you know yeah they, at least they weren't trying to just rip off what people have already done or yeah and, and there's ways in my opinion that you can like like uh like redo what's already been done but in a different way to where it it feels genuine yeah but i i don't know there there's just some things i see where you know it, it just feels try hard you know what i mean yeah a lot of it is and that's why you know i can appreciate newer visions for stuff or i can definitely see where a lot of movies are inspired by other movies that i like too but it's nice when people actually just make a movie and if it's good or not it's good if it's not it's not but if they actually make right. something new where I'm just like, this is an entirely new movie. It's something different. It's not trying to be anything else. It's not even really drawing from anything else. But you can you can see the influences in it, so that's fine. But it's it's hard to find a movie like that these days where it's just completely new thing where they're not trying to add in all these little things from other movies, you know. But yeah, uh, that is horror for us today, and I appreciate that. I'm horror every day, but uh, yeah, try to get Tubi, watch Chopping Mall again. I highly recommend that. Yeah, dude, I've seen Chopping Mall forever, but I remember that was one of the <laughs> first movies I ever got into that was like old school horror slasher. That shit was sick. <laughs> That's My fucking, the, the guy I actually room with now, he actually showed me that movie like forever ago. Yeah, and I ended up really fucking liking it. It's perfect, campy, just bloody, just good '80s fun. It's a good time. I like to watch oh, it yeah. around Black Friday because it's a mall movie, so got robots killing people. You can't go wrong with that. Um, we will get into piles of festering decomposition. Your newest EP uh, seems to be doing well. You guys already sold out of everything fast. You're gonna have a new pressing of some of this shit, right? And the merch coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the second press is actually going up tomorrow, as, as well as some new merch we're doing nice yeah dude it's i don't know it's crazy because you know i started this band kind of like because like i mentioned before i play in another band it's like a thrash death mix whatever you want to call it yeah and um dude that thing got so fucking stressful because people just kept <laughs> quitting and yeah i'd always have to find new members and yeah you know whatever whatever so i just started this band kind of as like okay i already play in one metal band but i still want to play metal but I need to do something that's going to sound different and not be what we already play because I, I, I don't know I don't see a point in doing that having two bands that sound exactly the same yeah so I kind of just like started it for fun you know yeah playing really heavy shit you know I'm just like kind of with the mindset okay I'm going to make something that is way heavier way slower just completely different from what I already play and then you know we did the demo and you know Magaston hit us up and damn, I was like damn dude like I don't know it kind of it kind of makes me feel like I wish and I know like I like the EP I'm happy with how it came out but if I would have known that it was going to do what it's doing now like before we even played a show right it, it makes me feel like I kind of wish we would have done some stuff a little different yeah or maybe recorded a little better maybe just took it a little more seriously because like I said it was just supposed to be like a side project for fun yeah so it's all just pretty bizarre to me how it all worked out you know what I mean so the Magastomp how did they get picked up by a label yeah well how did they hear it um as far as I know um I posted this little like snippet Instagram video and 
you know how you can like connect Instagram to Facebook or whatever from certain accounts and yeah. post from Instagram. Yeah. So we made a little Instagram account and it was connected to my Facebook. So it was posted on Instagram and Facebook. And Devin, the singer of uh, Sang with Superbug, yeah, he uh, reposted it. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And and before that, he uh, he like heard the snippet and he messaged me. He's like, "Hey man, you know, this sounds sick. Like, let me let me hear the full demo." I'm like, "All right, cool." So then, like, he shared the post that I made on Facebook, and he had sent me a message, and he's like, "Yo, do you care if I show this to Scott from Agastomp?" Because I, I guess Scott had messaged him and was like, yo, what's up with 200 stab wounds? Yeah. So I told him, I was like, yeah, dude, fucking send that shit his way. Because, like I said, right when I first started this band, that was like the first label I had on. Yeah. And obviously, there were some other labels like Profound Lore, 20 Bucks Spin. Yeah. All great labels, too. Yeah, great labels, great labels. But Magastomp, in my mind, was like, yeah. dude, they, I don't know, they just had so many good fucking bands that I'm already a fan of before we were even on the label. Yeah. So, that, I was telling the dudes I'm like dude this is definitely the first label I had in mind and it oh, obviously yeah. was the right decision because you know he was the first person to hit us up there was another label from um, Italy that had hit us up wanted to do cassettes nice I think they're called uh, what the fuck are they called I don't, me- I don't remember what they're called but he had hit us up and he was trying to do like tapes or whatever and um, we were gonna do something through him but then Scott ended, ended up uh trying to work with us like you know before we ended up working anything out so yeah yeah dude it's pretty crazy yeah he seems like a good dude I know Devin when he started singing with Sugabog you know that was a side project for him too and it kind of just right. took off so maybe that's the new thing these side projects are what's hitting <laughs> right <laughs> at least. dude it's crazy too cause you know I've known Devin for quite a few years now yeah like our bands cause I, my other band uh, is called Subtype Zero yeah he plays in Lynch Splitter and we would always be playing the same shows in Cleveland yeah so that's how I know him and you know Lynch Splitter like obviously they have fans and stuff but you know just, just like my other band like we have fans you know we play shows whatever whatever but it never went like crazy crazy right so when Sting with Superbog started going crazy I'm just like damn dude like and I don't know if this applies to like wherever you're from mm-hmm. but in Cleveland at least from my experience I could be wrong or I guess it's subjective but yeah from my observation, it always feels like, and I guess not even just Cleveland, but I guess coming from where I come from, which is like the hardcore scene. Yeah. It kind of feels like all the bands that get really, really big like that, or like really hype, is mm. usually, they usually have members that are already in bigger bands or people that are kind of like hype in the scene, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, you know, the, and the, like I said, the big thing in Cleveland was hardcore, so, you know, when Sanger Fugabog blew up, I was kind of, like, surprised because it's like, damn, dude, I've never seen just, like, a band that came out, first off, shit, a couple months ago. Yeah. And on top of that, yeah. have 11 minutes of music. <laughs> I've never seen that before, you know what I mean? So I was really surprised. Yeah, I think people are just, especially in the underground scene, they're just hungry for new shit and, and just more like death metal because it's straight away for a long time, I think, you know, because I've been listening to death metal for a really long time and, you know... Um, you know, my and my co-host, you know, he lived the era, you know, when death was big and when, you know, Morbid Angel was on, like, top of the charts and, like, all that kind of crazy shit. So he got to see that era of death metal, like, the original era of it when he was young. And, and right. you know, while I'm at that age now, you know, it's cool to kind of see that. I think it's happening at my age now. 
where death metal is now getting like really big, like in the underground, where bands are just coming out of nowhere and they're just like they're big now, like like you know um, bands like Blood Incantation and shit like that, like they just exploded and like they're they're on the cover of magazines, you know, like uh, and there would never be bands like that on the cover of magazines, not like death metal, you know, it's it's always like the more you know, just straight up metal bands, but I mean, to have that kind of impact and Sangosugabog, like, I'll see kids around here that have patches of theirs, and I'm just like, I can't believe this, like, kid knows who that band is, you know, because I never, I never used to see that shit, and, you know, like, people running around with, like, death metal stuff on, and not to say it's trendy or anything, I mean, some people take it that way, but it's actually in a place where it's becoming decent again, like, popular, to where... It, then it's good bands is the reason because there's a resurgence of like the old school thing but none of these bands like you guys or them are trying they're literally just having a good time they're making death metal and it sounds fucking awesome and people are really liking it so it's like blowing up instantly because people right. kind of it was so try hard for a long time with a lot of bands where they weren't having fun they were just trying to make like the heaviest shit possible which is fine but I think because Bands like, you know, 200 Stab Wounds or Sanguisogbog, bands like that are really just, they make a side project, they're having a fun doing something just heavy and like straight up raw death metal, and then it just hits, because people, that's what they want to hear, you know? Right. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. And I feel like, uh, and I feel like kind of, when people do that, when people just like think something's cool, which, which is fine to feel that way, right? and they want to do something because they feel like it's cool, which is also fine, but I feel like to, to, uh, let me think of how to put this I feel like to really have a good response to what you put out yeah I I feel like it really needs to be genuine yeah I mean, like, like it goes back to what I said with the horror films you know exactly. it needs to be genuine and I feel like I feel like when you listen to a band you can really tell that that's what they love they, they, they didn't just make a death metal band because oh oh death metal's cool now let's do it you know people yeah. really like death metal bands the death metal bands are blowing up and getting on good labels and plenty so of people do that, that you know plenty yeah, of people a lot, yeah a lot of people do that especially you know from where I'm from and, and you know I don't I can't really name any in particular but just you know touring so much and just playing yeah. so many shows I've seen it happen yeah and those bands never get as of a response as like bands that really do it for the genuine aspect of it like okay I love death metal right I love all these bands so let me just you know that's what I'm gonna make yeah and you know every time I've ever done that in a, in a band it, it's always went well but 200 stab wounds for me that this is like the biggest response I don't know it's like the quickest band that's ever taken off in a sense yeah. I guess you yeah. know we haven't even played a show yet that's what's crazy <laughs> about the whole thing I mean yeah like that's never happened dude because you know all the other bands I've ever played in yeah and I've played in a lot of bands like, dude, we've had, like, work our fucking asses off to even get one CD sold, or two CDs sold, or a t-shirt sold, or whatever. Yeah. Or that we don't even sell shit, and, you know, and, or there's no one at the show, or whatever, so, I just think it's fucking, it's just pretty insane the way this is all working out, and, you know, like you said, like, the state of death metal now, or just metal in general. Yeah, and I know, you know, I give Scott and Maggot Stomp all the credit in the world, because just the presentation of it, and he has a really good ear for, like, the style of death metal he wants to promote and um, yeah. I don't know I, th- I think he just does a really good job of promoting it and finding bands that he really likes to, to try to get out there and, and the whole merchandise thing you know he always does a really good job of uh, putting all that out there and, and doing like the tapes and stuff like that I think that's really neat so 
you know, yeah. uh, labels like him and Twenty Bucks Spin, Profound Lore, they all have a really good, uh, good head as far as who runs it and uh, are really passionate about just putting out good music. So, you know, that definitely right. helps. Yeah, dude, and that's like I said, that's why I just, you know, well, before he even hit us up, that's why I was already so on trying to get on Magasomp or even just sending them a de- like a demo or whatever, just because you know his whole like. Roster is just fucking insane, dude. Disembowel, Malignant Alter, Sanger Superbog, fucking uh, Inoculation. Yeah, they're awesome too. Yeah, dude. All, all you know, all those fucking bands are just so sick. And yeah, you know that. It, it, it was crazy when he when he hit us up too. You know, I, I was almost in like disbelief because I know it's not like you know. Whenever I tell people this, it sounds wild because it's not like a huge major label or whatever. But dude, right. in my opinion, Magasomp is like. I don't know, dude. It's like a staple in the underground at this point. Yeah, they have a huge following, and they have a lot of people waiting on the next release. People instantly go on that site when they stock it with merch and buy it all out. Like, you know, people are really, really pay attention to it, and they're into it. And today, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Frozen Soul got signed to Century Media, which is insane. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking awesome. It's crazy. You know, and I... I I just like really heard of them and was getting into them and uh, they're already on a you know pretty major label you know <laughs> so that's yeah, pretty dude, and, that, and the most crazy part about it is is that like like I said dude like bands you know in my experience have always had to you know work their fucking asses off to be touring get, band for years and have all this experience yeah to even get on a on a notable underground label so yeah. for someone for a band to put out a four song demo one of those songs be covered yeah to get on a major label and only do I'm I'm not really sure how many tours they did but you know I know they haven't toured that that much because they've only been around what like a year or so yeah (laughs) so shit dude for that to happen that's that just goes to show like where all this is headed and like just the good state that it's all in right now yeah and you know you guys are doing great already haven't even played a show so can only imagine I know (laughs) and I think that's what kind of sucks about this whole thing though dude (laughs) I, I, I don't know I just want to play a show. I just want to see what the reaction is going to be when we play live. You know, whether it be in Cleveland, whether it be in California, whether it be in yeah. Utah or wherever. You know, I just I just want to fucking play, dude. Yeah, and I saw Sango Suga Box. You know, I went and interviewed them, and you know, right on the week of this all happening, like this was right at the end of maybe it was like the beginning of March. I don't remember. It was right when they were starting to shut shit down and. This was like the last thing I was ever going to do for a while, like be out of town and do something. And uh, there was only like 20 people at the venue, and it was, you know, they ended up finishing the tour, but I mean, it was was awesome, but it's going to be even stronger, like, when everybody gets to play, like, after all this, shows are, turnouts are going to be nuts, and like, you know, people are kind of saying that a lot of people are still going to be weird about going out and stuff like that, but... You know the metal kids. As soon as the show's like we got a show, they're gonna fucking be there, and they're yeah, gonna pack exactly. the place out. And especially you know for you guys and bands like that, that people are really wanting to see that they just started checking out and buying all their shit. You know it's gonna happen, so it'll be a good time. You know, but I, I feel for you. You know, you got all this hype now behind you, so now to go out there yeah, and I actually, yeah, you actually go out and do it. It's gonna be nuts when it does happen. So I think it'll pay off. You know. Yeah, it, it'll be worth it in the end, but. Dude, it's just, it's just like fuck, dude. Like all the other bands I've ever played in, it, this is almost like like a wet dream to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, selling, out, selling out on fucking cassettes, like dude. <laughs> like we've had cassettes made before for like some of my past bands, and dude, I still have boxes from bands I was in when I was sixteen. 
yeah. boxes of cassettes that we never sold because you know first off the, the the first stigma with tapes is like oh no one has a tape player like blah 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 like no one wants to buy cassettes it's all digital like yeah. blah 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 so like for us to sell out on cassettes is like dude what the fuck it's, oh. it's, just, it's just like almost unbelievable to me but you know like you said dude people just buy out everything Maggot Stomp has and yeah. it's almost like just like the reputation he has people are just like yeah I like even before hearing the music I feel like they know it's gonna be sick just cause of the label you know well I think people especially younger people now cause death metal for a long time I don't think I think it kinda lost its culture to what it had because the times change you know you, you the digital thing is the thing now and a lot, a lot of people just don't you know and the downloading and shit and people weren't really collecting physical media anymore and then I think right. vinyl was a big resurgence, you know, because that took back off. People started buying vinyl again. And then now yeah. cassettes are coming back, and, and and I think people just want to be a part of that culture because they never had it before. Like, like when you were, you know, when a lot of these kids growing up like me, like, you know, I was listening to death metal and shit like that, but then they had all this new metal stuff. It was just CDs. I mean, people weren't collecting long sleeves or doing anything like that you know and, and right. being a part of a culture it was just here's a cd i'm gonna buy the cd and plus the new metal culture fucking sucked it was like you know flat bill hats and and you know it was just kind of lame you know <laughs> there was nothing good about yeah. it and and they were so all over the place you know you got like corn and like the goth kids liked and then you got limp biscuit and all the jock kids like and then you got slipknot who like all the weird kids and the goth kids like sometimes and then there's just so much coming out at a time but i think now that all that's kind of just all those bands are like old now and people still are kind of nostalgic about it but now that death metal is kicked back up and it's like hey vinyl you know we got vinyls of this and cassettes of that like i feel like that was a culture people that like that music just were robbed of because of all the other shit going on and yeah. they kind of, you know, the promoters and the labels kind of got away from the vinyl and the cassettes and the long sleeves. But all these newer promoters, like you know, the, all the all these people that are putting out, and and the bands too that have the insight to be like, hey, we want this on cassette, or hey, we want a really cool like old school long sleeve of this. That culture is just coming back for the younger people that didn't have it, and I think that's a big part of it and it's really it's really neat cuz I love collecting cassettes. You know, I've been doing that for a long time and VHS like I just love having that shit. You know, I'm like 20 years older in my head than I should be, but uh you know, I I collect tapes cuz I I love I got most of the Iron Maidens and like Judas Priest on cassette and like Kiss and fucking Wasp and and shit like that, but um, a lot of the newer death metal stuff I try to get on cassette cuz it's it's fun, you know, and uh I usually buy the album digital or sometimes I'll get the vinyl but usually I like to have the cassette of them um, just yeah. so I have them because I'll buy I like buying the shirts more than anything um, right, right. but having the cassettes is just fucking awesome you know I, I like having the collection of those yeah dude that's always been my thing too like I mean digital is cool because I mean I guess the most important thing is the music but yeah. to me personally I like I don't know I like having the insert and the lyrics and the pictures and, yeah. and, and, and the drawings and the artwork and all that shit like that and you know, and, and even when you when you think about it, you know, all that you're getting inside of a vinyl or a cassette, or I guess even a CD, depending on the layout of it. Yeah, dude, you're not. It's not that much money for what you're getting. You know what I mean? You get. Yeah. Okay, you spend what five dollars on a digital thing where yeah. you're not going to get the artwork, you're not going to get the the booklet, you're not going to get the CD, like the exactly. actual like tape or CD or vinyl with the picture on it or the sticker on it or whatever, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That's always been like kind of my favorite part about you know 
not even just metal, just music in general, is oh, yeah. getting the physical copy and, you know, what? having that little package right there and there, you know? It's important for metal to have the artwork and the lyrics because that's the whole point of it. Like, when I used to go look for CDs, when, you know, if I wasn't reading, like, the magazines, I would go out to the stores and just flip through stuff and I'd be like, oh, that looks fucking awesome. Like, I'm going to buy that, you know? It's all about the presentation. Like, who doesn't, when they see Eden Back to Life or Butchered at Birth, you're not going to be like, Nah, I'm not gonna buy that. You're gonna be like, oh, what the fuck's that thing? Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm definitely yeah, checking that shit out. People that aren't in the metal, they're gonna see that and be like, what the fuck? It's gonna catch everyone's <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna remember it whether they want to or not. Um, but I, I'm a physical media guy myself, but I don't have anywhere to put CDs at the moment, so I, right. I try not to just stack them everywhere. Um, but I do like to have physical something, like whether it's a cassette. You know, cassettes for me right now are a little more manageable for where I can put them, <laughs> but. Uh, right, right. You know, in vinyls, I have a little spot for those, but I, I, I try not to buy those too often. But sometimes, get some really nice ones that hit, and I'm just like, all right, I gotta buy it. And I like looking through the the vinyls are really nice, especially when you got the gate folds or just just pulling out the record, and and they sound fucking good too. You know. Yeah, I think personally, I think that the vinyls always sound the best. They do. Yeah, cassettes are cool too. I I like cassettes because it's like not always the highest quality, but I just think it sounds fucking badass it's like the way yeah i guess i guess vintage would be the word you know yeah and that's kind of what a lot of people are into now but like i said you know people that didn't have that i think they're really wanting it so they're like you know we want you know it's not really a demand but it's more of like a it's it's just something that's just kind of happened and people are really sold on it you know and i think it's a good it's a good thing you know but um yeah let's let's get into piles of festering decomposition uh We'll talk about the first track, which I love the name. It's Maggot Casket, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the track. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, like I said, I just, I just got really frustrated with, you know, my first band just falling the fuck apart, basically. And, and we were actually supposed to do a tour back in, um, I think it was March or maybe a little bit earlier and I can't really remember but everything right. got cancelled yeah so and, and before that our one, our guitar player had quit over some fucking stupid ass bullshit <laughs> and yeah. then we, we were trying to get our bass player to play guitar for us and it, and the shit just ripped so hard that like he, he was like no I don't really know if I can play it and even if I could play it it's gonna be half ass yeah. yada yada just a whole <laughs> bunch of problems yeah so I said fuck it dude I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write this other shit yeah. I'm gonna start this other band as, as like a uh, like a side thing, fun thing, whatever. Yeah. And that was the first track that I wrote before we even had any members. Like I, I have a MacBook, so I usually just demo shit out on there. Like I'll write songs and send to the band members or whatever. Yeah. So I demoed that song out on my computer, and um, I sent it to uh some of the dudes that play in the band now. I sent it. Lance, which yeah. he plays guitar, but he also plays in my other band. Yeah. So I sent him because he was he, he was talking about starting a band called Two Hundred Savage for a while. Yeah. But it was supposed to be like a like a almost. I don't really know what he was trying to go for. I think he was trying to go for like like really heavy like hardcore beatdown type thing. Yeah. So but I always thought the name was really cool. So I had sent him that track, and I was like, "Yo, you know, I'm starting this other thing. I know you mentioned like." trying to play a song a little bit heavier and you know I know you want to do vocals but you know for these songs in particular I'm trying to have like the grotesque yeah. you know 
vocals. And I know he can't do that, so I was like, well, you know, I'm not, you know, if you want to play in the band, let me know, dude. And, you know, I think that name you have is fucking sick. So, and, you know, he, he was all about it. And we got we got the drummer from our other band to play in this band, Owen. So yeah. it, this band, 200 Stabboards, is kind of like, it, it's like inbred with my other band. Yeah. Like me, Lance, and Owen, we all play in the other band. Nice. And Ezra, the bass player, he, he didn't play in any other bands. But I've known him for like a long ass time. I've known Ezra since I was like, dude, I met him in kindergarten, and we've been playing music yeah. together ever since, and like little fuck around bands, whatever. <laughs> so I hit him up, and he was down, and you know they all love the track, and and I didn't even really write lyrics. It didn't have lyrics on it at the time when I sent him the demo, but you know they all thought it was pretty fucking sick and really heavy. So that's kind of how the band came together, and that's how that track came together. You know, just kind of fucking around demo or whatever. Yeah, and we obviously kind of you know. Uh, arranged it a little bit different after we had all got together and before we actually recorded it yeah but yeah dude um just that was like the first track and that's kind of what all the other songs are kind of based off of just kind of riffing and and sending stuff over yeah it's kind of you know like little layout of an idea of a song you know and then uh, the last thing I always do is vocals because we started writing more shit now for like a we're gonna do a full length yeah. So that's kind of still like the same uh, you know, formula we use now. We just, you know, I'll write something and send it to the dudes, and if they have a riff, they'll, you know, send it back, and I'll try to like put it in anywhere we can, or like we'll get together and, you know, form it together, like, you know, rework the song or whatever. But yeah, dude, that's basically kind of how it happens. Just, you know, I'll demo something out, send it to them, and if they like it, we'll use it. Yeah. <laughs> Now you've been uh, writing some some newer stuff, just kind of. Yeah, yeah. Because um, so, I don't even think that that uh, I don't even think that Scott expected this shit to go as well as it did. You know. Yeah. So, you know, I asked him, you know, like what what do you think we should do next? Because you know, I I because I always I don't ever like giving a label like that much power and yeah. to like telling us what we should do especially a label we haven't signed a contract with right just because of my experience with labels has always been shitty yeah but you know dude Scott's a fucking great dude and you know as soon as we started working with him shit started to go really well and and he was always super nice and just had like a lot of confidence in what we were doing and you know so I, I just hit him up and I was like hey man like you know what do you think we should do you know as far as an extra release like cause obviously he knows his fan base a little better than I do yeah cause you know we're all new to this shit so and he, he suggested LP, so yeah. yeah, dude, we're trying to work on that right now. Get some songs together and make them, you know, even better than the demo, yeah, or the EP or whatever. So, and that and, and all that stuff came together kind of by accident. Even though you know, I didn't really half-ass the songwriting, but I wasn't like, okay, well, you know, at the time I didn't know we were going to be on Maggot Stomp, so it wasn't like, oh, well, we're going to be on Maggot Stomp, so you know, we need to make these as good as we possibly can. Right. It goes back to the to the genuine aspect of things. Like yeah. that's what I love is music. So it just came out that way, you know. Yeah. Without even really trying. Yeah, and you could tell, and it, it's very raw, and it's just it just slams. You know, it's good shit, and uh, right. it's kind of you know each song has a different vibe to it too. It's not like the same track three times. You know, there's a lot of they both they all differentiate from each other and have its own uh, you know kind of musical story to it. I think is as heavy as all right. it is. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to 
I'm trying to keep that same formula for the LP. I, I just want every song to have a different feel. I want every song to have its own individual offer on things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't want it to feel like I don't want. I don't want there to be one song that you skip on the record. You know? Yeah. I want it to all be just heavy shit, but it's all different. You know, just LP full of you know the, the same shit we write, but I want it to kind of grow a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like I want all the songs to be different, but I don't want to be one of those bands that write the same thing over and over and over again. Right. You know, I always want to have that that same idea of what we started off as. Yeah. But you know, you know how people are. You know, yeah. a band kind of they get lost a in bit it. or tries new things, and people get bitchy about it. Oh, yeah. they change their sound. Blah blah blah. <laughs> but I kind of that though because there's bands that go overboard with changing their sound. They'll like yeah. do some weird shit, and it's just like, yeah, no, I'm not into that shit anymore. Dude. You like, lose your you lose your core fan base. I think that's the strongest thing you should keep, and a lot of people just yeah, want to yeah. go that extra step for the bigger audience, which is good in a lot of ways for you. But losing your core means you lose. <laughs> the band's essence really I mean the core is what you want to keep no matter what and that goes for anything that goes for horror movies too anything like that any kind of passionate um, like bass you need to have that that core you know to follow with you so I think best thing for you guys to do you know of course keep that mindset you had man just keep doing it the way you were doing it there's no difference there's nothing in the way of that you guys just do exactly what you're doing because it's gotten you success literally not even playing a show so (laughs) I think you got a good setup yeah, I think. But I feel like I feel like it'll happen though, pretty naturally. It's just it, it's just kind of different now because you know all of us, you know, we've all played in bands before, but we've never been on like a because like I said, Magus Tom's not like some huge like major label, but you know, a lot of people don't really understand that. You know, like I said, dude, they're a staple in the underground, and, yeah. and now and now kind of in my eyes, it doesn't really affect me, but in my eyes, you know, the pressure's kind of on now because it's like, right, you know, we have all this hype built up from three songs and you know we want to satisfy like you said the core fan base you yep. know the people that were there from the beginning and shit so but try not to let that shit really to me when writing you know yeah. I just kind of like you said you know do what we do and yeah. you know let it come out naturally because I feel like if it happened the first time that way and it went well then it'll happen that way again as long as yeah. you know like try we, way too hard or try hard to like satisfy certain people if we just exactly. you know, write what we like mm-hmm. which is exactly what the people like then shit I feel like it'll all go over pretty well. Which I think you guys are successful. Like, part of the reason of it is because you started this band with an old school metal mentality, which is, fuck it, I'm just going to write shit on my own for myself. And you did. Right. And people dug it. And that's what the real metal's all about. And people just get away from that so much. They try so hard. They try to be so heavy and try to do something 20,000 other bands have done. But what you did, you didn't. You just straight up was like, "I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm just gonna do it, and I'm gonna write it." And there it is, and it it hit because of that. Because you had that old school mentality. It wasn't even old school to you. It was just you straight up being fed up with shit. You took that attitude and you wrote music out of it. That's what that's what metal's all about, and people kind of forget that. But that's why a lot of the great bands were who they were, or still are who they are, because that attitude is always in the back of their mind when they write and when they go out on stage and how they present themselves, you know, not being a fucking dickhead saying fuck you, but you know, like you're, (laughs) you had a a burning passion to just do something on your own and write your own music. And out of that came what you have now. So as long as you keep that, you know, and and that that's part of you and it's in you because you've done it. So you can always replicate that out of your own, you know, 
self-worth and your passion for music and uh you know just your natural ability to make good shit and be heavy you know and i feel like i feel like a lot of bands do that too like and, and you know how, how it goes for some bands like bands will be around for like shit like i guess a good example would be you know code orange or yeah or power trip or mm-hmm. any of those bands you know they were around dude I, dude code orange because i'm from ashtabula yeah. which is like an hour east of cleveland yeah dude code orange used to play here when they were code orange kids yeah you know? i'm talking like dude there would be like 10 people in the room yeah and every time they come to ashtabula and play it would be like that and you know there'd be certain shows where they play and they'd be packed the fuck out but right dude seeing from where they went to where they are now and and on top of that they never really like at least in my opinion they never really like straight away from what they did you know no there's and, a little bit more it took influence. them a little bit longer of a time to get it accomplished but yeah you know i guess my point is is that there's a lot of bands that will be around for two three four years or whatever and then their shit doesn't really pop off as quick yeah and then they'll be like okay what are we doing wrong okay and then they'll look at their music and they'll observe bands that are blowing up or got some sort of you know hype behind them and they'll be like oh well it's working for this band let's let's do it for our band but it's not genuine you know what i mean yeah and you can tell and, I, and fans can tell you know yeah yeah big time and i feel like if you just you know if, you, if your music's good and, and you work hard enough i feel like it really doesn't matter yeah what type of metal you play or even i guess what type of music you play i feel like you know you just gotta keep working hard and there'll be kids out there that like that shit and there'll be a label and you know you you know you'll eventually get there but that's the thing that bands do they they just reserve what's working for other people and they'll try to rip that off and, it, and then it just feels so ungenuine and then on top of that you know you go back to the earlier material and it's completely different and it's just like you know yeah. what the fuck <laughs> yeah, and then and there's some bands I've heard that like have done that same thing they, they've like observed bands that blew up or whatever have something working for them and then they'll try to write that style of music but then I go back to the older material and I like that shit better yeah (laughs) it's like damn dude you should have just stuck with that and worked a little bit harder (laughs) yeah it's all about putting the work in for sure and or sometimes not I mean you just like I said you guys just kind of did your thing and put a demo out and uh you got eyes on you and then it just kind of happens so um no I'm happy for you guys I really am I think that's fucking rad you know Oh yeah, man, I appreciate it. That's one. Of, that's kind of one of the things I told Scott though too. Is like, you know, I, I let him know. It's like, hey man, you know, we've never really been in a situation like this to where we're on like a label, yeah. you know, that has first off, like almost every band, uh, pretty much every band on his roster fucking rips, and I'm like a huge yeah. fan of. And then on top of that, he actually has like a fan base that actually give a shit. It's not yeah. just people commenting on Instagram like, oh dude, fuck yeah, like that's sick, <laughs> but then don't buy the now we're buying shit like, you know, in the music or whatever <laughs> so like I told him I'm like dude you know I, I just kind of let him know that we're not taking the whole easy success even though I guess I don't know if you call it success but I guess in a way it is oh, you know, definitely success. Him, like, I'm not going to take the easy success as like a like a like easy way out almost you know I, I told him that we're going to use this as you know just a chance to work harder and yeah. you know we're we're not gonna get lazy after the first release you know we're just gonna work even harder and then as soon as we can tour we're gonna tour and put out more music and you know just do everything we can you know just to you know get our shit up there and progress oh yeah yeah we'll definitely come see you guys and and uh and shred it'll be fucking awesome you know look forward to that for sure i think it's gonna be sick yeah it's crazy too because i don't even because i have you ever played in any bands before or oh yeah music or you're just kind of like a fan back in the day i played quite a bit of shows 
that. So you, so you kind of know what it's like to to either have a demo or even practice together. Yeah, like but back like when in you, the when you play a show, it's way different. It's yeah. like a way different feeling. You get an actual vibe of what the band is actually supposed to be like. Or yeah, it's different than playing know. in like a storage unit or something like that. And you know, back yeah, yeah, because even the shit sounds heavy then. Yeah, playing with the full band because you know, like like I said, when I demoed that first song, Maggie Cassie, on my computer. I was like, okay, this shit's heavy. Yeah. And then we actually jam together, and I'm like, okay, this is really fucking heavy. Yeah. And then I know when we actually play a show live where there's actually like a crowd reaction or people in front of us in general, it's going to be like eight times heavier. When you get you know? that adrenaline and you guys really start feeling it, then you're going to be hitting even yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's kind of the thing that sucks the most about this is like, <laughs> me as a musician, is like, that's the best part about doing music is like, yeah, yeah. writing's fun. And that's why I loved it. Shit, yeah. and, you know, whatever, but playing live is like, that's top the, tier for me. the best part I mean that's why I always played because I wanted to play shows and a lot of the bands I recorded good shit with we never even got off the ground with playing shows you know like situations right. you ran into where band members just kind of stop it you know quit interest or they want to do something different or they just kind of leave and in the middle of you coming up with something good getting good hype behind something and like you know back when I was really doing music a lot you know there was more like MySpace shit and like you can record one song and people want to book you at shows and um you know then it went on to like youtube and soundcloud and all that kind of shit but uh you know i record stuff here and there but you know there's always a hype for like playing that's what i want to do you know that's the whole reason why you know definitely somebody that likes to be on stage and do that too it's a lot of fun and to be able to command command a crowd and uh just kind of have fun with friends too and you know it's 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 good time feel kind of like i feel grateful for you know playing in bands for 20 years and you know making the connections and stuff because honestly i feel like like you know like for example if my other band and uh limp splitter didn't always play together then i wouldn't know Devin. yeah and then you know Devin wouldn't have shared that little snippet i put on facebook and then in return scott would have never heard it yeah because yeah i mean i, I could have sent the fucking demo to scott but dude and he probably gets so much it submitted a day that he probably would have just skipped right over it, you know what I mean? Probably. So that, yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm kind of like grateful that, you know, even for like a lot of the, not, not lost time, but like just playing shows for so many years, like even if they were shitty shows and just, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever, you know, it, it they have connections and shit because you never know where those connections could go, you know? Well, it's all experience so. too, you know, any experience is good experience, whether, you know, you feel like it was wasted or not, like... You right. played all those shows, so you're, it's not like you're going out. It's not like you've never played a show before. So when you do go out there, you're going to be ready. You're going to kind of know what to expect. Not at this capacity. It's still going to blow your mind. You know, when, right. when there is big turnouts for for your band and stuff like that, you get booked at bigger venues. And um, when it all happens pretty quick, it's going to happen quick. But right. you know, it, you have that experience behind you where you've been on stage for a long time and you you know how to you know perform and and uh you're prepared at least in that aspect that you know it's not something new to you as far as performing or your your passion for performing so that's a good thing to right. have <clears throat> yeah and i feel like it, i feel like that you know like you said just having that experience i feel like that definitely helped us with you know working with scott and you know kind of having like i said that pressure on our heads now because i feel like if we didn't play shows for so long or work with any of those like shittier labels that yeah. To just kind of like put a CD out or whatever but don't promote or don't even have a fan base or whatever and I guess that doesn't really qualify in that shitty but you know you, you get what I'm saying yeah yeah. I feel like that all kind of worked out to our advantage in this situation because now you know we know what to do we know what not to do you know we know what we like 
we know what people like yeah we know what you know image we want to have all that stuff I feel like it all worked out for us for this oh, situation yeah. in particular oh yeah for sure and I you know I love it dude and that that you guys have the success you have you guys are great and um, looking forward to all this blow over so and come catch you guys on tour and uh, everyone's gonna buy up your shit and that's another cool thing too it's like I have to I wanna go to shows just to like buy the merch because I know that it's gonna be gone like if I don't <laughs> it's like uh you know, Sangha Sugar Box stuff I bought. Uh, they're like, oh, we're going to have the yellow long sleeve on tour. And I was like, but they put it up on the website. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead and buy it because I know it's not going to be there when I get there. And sure enough, they're like, oh, yeah, we're out of all that shit. And I was like, well, I'm glad I bought it online because it's gone now because I really wanted it. <laughs> uh, I'm usually trying to buy shit ahead of time now. It's like kind of crazy how that's working because, you know, like it's average for metal bands to like sell out of stuff on tour, like, you know, but. It's usually not like that, like to where if you get there, there's like nothing, but it's also right, small. Especially, and especially for a band that's like, you know, because they're big, but, you know, they're not fucking monumental size yet. So for like an underground band to be selling out merch like that, and on top of that, to be selling those off of 11 minutes of music is just, yeah. dude, it's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. And you got the same thing, you know, three songs and, and never play a show, and you guys are <laughs> selling out of shit. Eight minutes of music. <laughs> eight minutes. <laughs> And it'll sell out tomorrow. You know, I'm going to try to get some tomorrow myself. Um, and, you know, while I can, because I didn't the first time. I'm like, all right, well, we got some new shit, so we're going to do it. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how this is all going to work out, you know, with the second press and just, you know, everything in general. Even when we go to do the album, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how it's all going to work. Because, you know, you know how that happens for bands sometimes, you know. Yeah. They'll come out as a new band, you know, and they'll be hyped, whatever, whatever. And then it'll just kind of die down, and the second yeah. thing won't do as good, so. You know, I'm just kind of interested to see if that's going to work out for us in the long run or, you know, or if it's just like another hype death metal band or whatever, you know? Well, from what I've been seeing, and it's been like stretched out the last couple of years, I think it's just getting bigger, honestly. Like, it's 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 come back in the right time, and I think for bands like you guys that are actually, you know, putting out really good shit um, and, and coming off a debut, like, is, is insane. So that's always a good sign when you're, like, pretty popular just coming out of the gate because you know a lot of bands takes a while to really notice um yeah so i think people are looking more for bands like 200 stab wounds and, and, and bands on Stomp and profound lore all that stuff so it's more in the underground top because like i said there hasn't really been like the greatest of that in recent time like it's all kind of like a lot of it for a while became like tech death shit and a lot of it was yeah kind of yeah. branched off into like you know I think bands like Power Trip and stuff like that kind of brought it back down a little bit because they got really popular and they have like that obituary vibe to them. And um, I think that kind of, you know, because they blew up, I think people were like, all right, we like bands like that. You know, this tech death stuff, it's cool, but it's kind of like it it stretched out too long, I think. And then when this stuff started coming around, you know, I I noticed people were getting more into like the slam shit, which a lot of that's kind of, you know, hit or miss with that stuff now because it's been going on so long it's like all these slam bands from everywhere um now with this stuff i think it's just gotten to the point where it needs to go where it's just taken off even quicker because we've had so much of a build-up of all this other stuff and i think it's finally back to a level where people really want to hear the music you guys are making and like these other bands are doing it's just at a good place right now where it's gonna be gonna be huge you know I think soon that's what I think is so cool about uh, 
inoculation being on Magus Stomp because you yeah, know, they're great. Man. I, I kind of feel like the the signature Magus Stomp sound is like just insanely heavy, but also ripping at the same time, and yeah. you know. But I, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I feel like the, like the opinion I've always had on inoculation is that they're kind of tech death, you know. Yeah, and I never bit. really got that deep into it, so, yeah. uh, like that genre. So I don't really know for sure, but when I listen to them, that's the vibe I guess. So I think that's what's coolest about them being on Magastomp and you know Scott yeah. even having them on that label is because you know they they don't really have that signature Magastomp sound. So yeah. I think that kind of opens up the doors to other you know oh, genres yeah. of you know. Yeah, they're they're incredible musicians, and you know they got uh, they're just very progressive as far as like the the kind of like how heavy they are. They're very progressive too, and they got a really good thrash element to them. And uh, they're really yeah. good, they're really good blended music, and I think that's what makes them pretty popular too. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were one of the first like Magastomp bands. I'm not for sure, but I'm pretty sure they were one of the earlier. Yeah, they signs. were one of the first. To my knowledge, they were one of the first. Cause- pretty sure Magastomp's only been around for like a year or so and yeah I remember about a year ago they you know they got signed so yeah yeah those guys are great too and I would love to see them and you know uh, those guys are always been super cool so hopefully it was crazy too because I've always like our, my other band played used to play a lot of shows with them like nice. we used to play in Columbus with them a lot and Cincinnati and we were supposed to do a show on our tour that got cancelled nice. we were supposed to do a show with them in Texas yep but Dude, for a long time, I didn't know they were on Magastomp. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, we've always been pretty good friends with them, and then once I started getting more into, like, the Magastomp bands, because honestly, the only reason why I got, like, heavily into Magastomp and, like, got introduced to them is because of Sangwa Superbug. Yeah. Like, they put out their, uh, they put out their EP, and I kind of slept on it for a minute, you know, because, like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, I'm, I'm one of those people that, like, if someone tells me to check something out <laughs> yeah. or whatever, You're I'm like, just nah. not going to do it. <laughs> so like when I finally did listen to it I'm like oh shit like yeah this is fucking nasty then I you know saw they were on Magastomp and how well they were doing and then I started digging deeper and found out about Disembowel Malignant yeah. Alter dude that Disembowel full length is crazy yeah they're but, nasty and uh but yeah dude I, I don't know I, I think it's pretty crazy that all that shit even for Magastomp just in general took off as quick as it did you know oh yeah I know labels that have been around for years and years and years and you know they try their hardest which is a good thing but it just doesn't have the same results so i think right. it's pretty fucking cool yeah i think the first band i heard of magastomp was fluids i had a buddy of mine show me it's, them it's great too and i have i have their cassette and i was like dude this is like better mortician which i didn't think was possible yeah. <laughs> they just sound fucking sick and they i like the all the song i heard by them was that uh fuck what's it called hauled yeah think. yeah Dude, that shit's insane. Yeah, they got like all that cartel shit in, in like the samples, and like, God, this is fucking brutal. And the, you know, yeah, they were so fucking good. And then I think I heard Sango Sugabog, and my friend that showed it to me, you know, I think he's familiar with the bands and some of the bands, but didn't know the label. And then I heard Sango Sugabog from there, and I was like, dude, you gotta check this band out. And then they're like, oh shit, this fucking rips. And I was like, yeah, this is the same label. And then I was like, oh shit, every band in this label is fucking awesome. You know, yeah. And that's when I heard like Church of Disgust and like Gutted and. I was like, God, this is fucking ridiculous, and ossuary, and you know all that stuff is just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, huge fan of it. Glad you guys are on there. When I saw that, I was like, I better go check them out. And I was like, Oh yeah, this, right. is, this is good. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm like. You know, very grateful for you know Scott wanting to work with us because I feel like because my plan was to just you know when I started making the songs, my plan was to just you know put it out. Yeah. You know, 
just independently, just kind of you know, throw it on Bandcamp. Hey, check it out, you know, new band, yeah. whatever. And I know for a fact it wouldn't have went as crazy as it did, even though it's the same music, you know. Right. So that's why I'm kind of, you know, I'm really grateful for Scott wanting to work with us because, you know, just the small success we've had so far, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd be grateful too, and I'm definitely, like I said, congrats to you guys and happy for you. And hopefully this blows over sooner than later so we can you know, get you the fuck out there and get the fans out there and we can, you know. Have a good time, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm sure it will. I yeah. think we already have something in the works right now for... It hasn't been confirmed yet, and we haven't really talked about it too much, but I think that we might be playing a show in Boston in October, but I'm not really 100% sure nice. yet. So hopefully that will go. And, you know, I also see a lot on the internet about bands already starting to book shows for later this year, like yeah. on some certain festivals, and just like little smaller shows and stuff like that. So that gives me a pretty good, you know, hunch that... Stuff's yeah. gonna be happening here soon. Yeah, they're saying hopefully by the fall. You know, I don't think anything this summer is gonna happen, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. That nobody's gonna have a summer this year because I was really, you know, pretty hyped on having a summer. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. But it'll it'll make everything next year a lot a lot nicer. We, and I think yeah, the hopefully people, people don't take advantage of shows anymore. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know. I think it'll be a lot crazier. People are just raring to get out and go to shows again. It's gonna be. A lot bigger than people are anticipating, you know. Especially the younger people um, are definitely going to be more inclined to go out to any fucking show. It's like, let's go see 200 right. stab wounds. They're like, oh yeah, fuck it, let's go. I don't even know who they are. It's like, well, let's go. Right. <laughs> I'm taking you. So we'll, right. you know, it'll be a lot of fun, I think, and hopefully sooner than later. Like I said, but yeah, dude, I I really appreciate your time and and uh, doing this with me. And like I said, all the success. Happy for you, and just keep. Uh, keep fucking grinding out shit and just having a good time with it. Oh yeah, man. I appreciate it, dude.